Hello everyone, I hope you're having a great day, but if not, you're about to. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. If you've ever wondered what it was like to work on a cruise ship, well, this is what we're about. Old and new crew members telling their stories in their own words of what it was like to work on a cruise ship. So come on over to the pool bar, order up a hurricane or a rum punch, sit back, relax, because it's time for My Ship Story. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. I and know. Like, it has felt like a really long time. And it's probably been, what, a couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. But it just feels like a lot longer. So Willis's episode came out yesterday. And how, he listened, how was he? He listened to it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Willis. He's like, uh, seriously, this is the best podcast you guys have ever done. oh that's too funny i enjoyed it i really enjoyed talking to him and i'm looking forward to uh talking to him again you know sometime in the future exactly okay we ready for kira hey hello oh hi (laughs) awesome Look, look at look at it. she looks great she looks like she's <laughs> she has not aged at all in, oh. in 30 years she still look what 30 oh you're sweet well welcome thank you can you hear me yes, welcome today? yeah we can hear you good okay. we can hear you well. not loving this lighting is the lighting okay <laughs> i think i like the lighting yeah. before where your your, uh, your room light was on the lights coming from one direction are it is it is okay and my tech left me Oh, okay. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's fine. Because I was waiting until I could see you guys. Well, awesome. Well, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get started finally. It feels like that we've been on vacation. It feels like forever since we've, uh, even the three of us have chatted. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show. My name is Scott. We've got Kara, Kilo, Callahan, Boyd, uh, (laughs) Charlie, uh, all all of the ones. That, well, she goes down by now, Kara Boyd now, but she was Kara Callahan on the cruise ship. But uh, we've got uh, Brad and Eric today. Can't wait to get to you, Kara. So let's first, real quick, let's jump in and see what's happening with uh, Eric and Brad in their neck of the woods. We'll we'll, we'll go with uh, Brad. What's going on? Hey, uh, just, you know, like you, Scott, recovering from the ice storm, I guess I got a little residual damage, although we weren't nearly as bad as Oklahoma City, which is surprising because we usually get those ice storms worse. About every five years, five to seven years in Oklahoma, we have this these horrible ice storms. Mm-hmm. And just just wreaks havoc everywhere. And um, I went to log on to my OnlyFans account this morning, (laughs) and I had no internet connection. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And I tried stuff, and I tried stuff, and I went outside and I looked around, and my satellite had fallen off of the off the house. Uh And so I'm like, holy shit, I've got to do a podcast uh, this evening. So I I. I ducked out a little bit early from work uh, to give me a little daylight, and I, I got her, <laughs> I got her tacked back on, you know. For some a, reason, I see Chevy Chase and, and Christmas Vacation, <laughs> on, on you on the roof, like tying a, tying the thing around. The it was super awkward because I was trying to hold it up, and then I had my my screw. <laughs> screw gun, you know my my drill with the screw and trying to hold it but yet get the screw in there and screw you know and it was it, it was very very awkward but i got her down i got her down anyway. my husband i would have been like 
hey, put the lights up while you're up. Hey. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hold it right there. Don't move. Just stay up there. We're going to watch the show. And if you had have been my wife, I'd been like, get off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> For one time. Eric, what's going on uh, in Nashville, Eric? You didn't get any of this ridiculous nope. ice. Yesterday was 78 and sunny. Oh, it, we hit almost record highs here the last couple of days, but we have a cold front coming through today, which I don't mind. And even then a cold front, well, a high is going to be like 60. So it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Uh, but no, everything's going great. Besides today, got I rear-ended somebody. No, no damage. Yeah, no, <laughs> minor damage. But it was one of those really silly things where a driver, I'm, I guess I drive a little too aggressive and the person in front of me does not. So I thought I, we both had time to go and she started to go and hit the brakes. And by the time I realized, because I have plenty of time, I just rear-ended her and no problem with her car whatsoever. Not a scratch. I'm not kidding. Nothing. Uh, but my car, well, it's not bad. I just have a little dented uh, grill. And then so I got to get that You fixed. never know who you hit or what's going to come out of it. I thought, I mean, this is years and years ago, like years and years and years ago, I was uh, uh, on the an expressway getting on uh, one of the main roads and I literally was not even going three miles an hour. It was one of those bumper to bumper traffic. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it was the look down at the radio, look back up, boom. And it was less than probably two miles an hour. I hit the back of a, a post office truck. Ooh. And it was literally like, dunk, uh-oh. All right. I mean, it was barely any contact at all and we get out of the line and we go pull over and stuff are you okay oh yeah i'm all right, all right. yeah okay are you okay yeah i'm all right well i don't see anything yeah i don't see anything this is before smartphones two months later i get a a letter from like it's a government letter that they were suing my insurance company for out of work for chiropractic um the replace the whole backside of the of the post office truck and i was like what you know just you, ne BS. you never even know like yeah, yeah i was but because it was a government truck and a government worker well you know when when you're in a, like a fender bender however bad it is not not bad or you know you exchange uh, numbers and exchange uh, license you know insurance and stuff and i was like okay i'm never going to hear anything cuz it was fine uh, i was a, a rural a mail carrier uh, and if you have any sort of incident at all there is just like tons of paperwork you have to fill out it's it's crazy and to to get the job i had to go to oklahoma city for three days and watch videos you know about you know training and this kind of stuff and for two days of it it was all about don't throw don't throw away the mail and after <laughs> like two weeks on the job i would be driving and i'd be like i have to go five miles down this road to deliver this uh Junk mail. Junk mail. And I just wanted to throw it away so bad. <laughs> I just, I wish I could just throw this thing away and That's go all on. We do when we get it, we just throw it away. So, I mean, you're kind of doing the person a favor. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, jump into the show with Kara. Welcome to the show. Let's catch up real quick and see what Kara has been up to for the past 30 years or 25 <laughs> years or something. What, what's going I know. on? That just ages me way too much. <laughs> Thank you for like letting me go down this like little trail of my journey, and it's made me a little nostalgic. I have to think about yeah. uh, 
1989, joining cruise ships when I was 24. I had a degree in theater and dance. My dream was to be a dancer. Um, I'm five foot two. You can't tell right now, but I'm small. So at that age, you know, I was doing summer stock. I grew up in Philly, wanted to go to New York, the Big Apple, was pounding the pavement, and Broadway was five six. Five six, you could not get even right. an audition. So anyway, I was so excited. Someone, one of my girlfriends said, cruise ships are having auditions they want some smaller girls so that's how i landed my first cruise ship gig with royal caribbean and i know you have a lot of royal caribbean stories so i'm sure you have a lot of stories in that era and dancers doing it but uh, i'll i'll jump ahead a little bit but that's how it happened and my parents were so happy oh my god she's gonna actually use her degree she's gonna be with the company she's gonna make money and Long story short, I mean, I didn't grow up thinking I want to be a dancer on a cruise ship, but when I went, there was something about the industry, and I think a lot of us ship people, and I still consider myself a ship person, um, Mm -hmm. a ship girl, if you will, Uh, you just fall in love with the atmosphere, you fall in love with being with those people who are like-minded, and it's a culture, and then a community, and a family, I mean, my ship family, I mean, Scott, he can call me anytime, he's my bro, you know, it doesn't matter how long I haven't seen him or talked to him, Mm -hmm. and we all, I think, have connections like that, so it's an emotional connection, and I, when, in my 20s, I like to say, when I was in college, becoming, uh, I was, a theater and dance major. So we were pretty disciplined. I didn't have the normal college kind of um, situation, but I went to cruise ships in my twenties. Then I started having a little fun. And that my dad always says, I wish you got your master's. And I was like, I got my master's. It's in cruising. Absolutely. And then um, I was very fortunate that I had some great leadership that kind of guided me and said, you know what, we think you could do this. We think you could do that. And that led me to uh, being dance captain, being um, actually a production manager. That's how I met Mm -hmm. Scott. Then I got on what was called the new ship team at Royal Caribbean. And um, as production manager, I took out six ships. So everything from the majesty all the way up to the enchantment. And when you're, that was a great gig. And I love the rehearsal process. So I got to, we were rehearsing in those days in South Beach before they had their studio. So right. I'd be in South Beach with the cast and the production team rehearsing. Then they would fly me to St. Nazaire or Helsinki, and I would actually sit in the theater while it was being built for three months with my construction hat on and, um, you know, great friends too and great leaders and lots of great stories in, in those days. But eventually you, you put the ship up, you put the shows up, you do the first contract and then you're on to the next one. So after six years of that or uh, bringing new ships out, I got a little burned out. And I remember some of you might remember Gene Hull, the producer. Yeah. He said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I, I think I really want to be a cruise director. He's like, well, you're on the wrong track. If you want to be a cruise director? You can't be a, you're behind the scenes doing production. So they shifted me into ACD for Enchantment of the Seas. And that's when I met my husband, a musician, which was scandalous because I was his <laughs> boss. Um, so I, I did that. And uh, next thing you know, so the, if you ask me what my favorite ship is, the Enchantment of the Seas is special to me because I met my husband. And I also, I took after um, Ray, Ray Rouse was the uh, original cruise director. King I followed, Ray. King Ray. I followed him as uh, 
taking over for his vacation as cruise director. Where and, is uh, where is Ray Rallis now? Um, he's pretty much retired. Uh, he lives in between Boca and um, England and <laughs> spends a lot of time on the golf course. Uh, but he's in good health. He's uh, I haven't talked to him, but I, I stay in touch with him through Paul Rudder, another okay. cruise director who plays mm -hmm. golf with him. So, oh, awesome. uh, yeah, he's, he's doing well. Yeah. So um, at that point... Royal Caribbean was getting really big. There was about 20-something ships. I was the new cruise director on the block, newly married, and I traveled with a rock and roll band. So <laughs> it was kind of hard. Like, I, we weren't John and Katrina, you know? Like, the hostess that married the cruise director, right. that was a little right. easier to schedule. But mm -hmm. I'm like, I come with a rock and roll band? And <laughs> they were like, yeah, that's a lot of work. A small Canadian company, and my husband's Canadian, uh, reached out to us through another friend that they were looking for a cruise director and they said, we think this Cara would be the right fit. It was expedition style cruising, a small vessel. I think she was the old Aegean of the seas. Uh, it was almost like at one point she was a world war troop ship. So she had been a hospital ship. She had been a cruise ship. Oh, anyway, wow. they, were, they were taking her around the globe. It wasn't mainstream cruising. It was everything like I, I went from shiny big production shows to here's your paper bag, make a show, figure it out. I had a team of PhDs. Tim's band, my husband came and he, he was basically the orchestra, the show band, the, like the solo guitars, everything. Oh, wow. And he circumnavigated the globe with the same amount of guests, uh, 120 days with the same guests. Wow. And so, so what kind of cruises did you do? Was it just the, the same people were on and you just went around the world? Yeah, we went around yeah. the world for three months. So we started in Piraeus um, in Greece, yeah. picked up the ship, and then we, circum we went to Africa. We went to, we crossed, went to Chile, went to Buenos Aires. We, went, we spent them, it was the year 2000, so we spent the millennium in Antarctica. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. So, which was amazing. My, my 2000, my year 2000, introducing that New Year's Eve cruise, my star act was Art Gar Garfunkel. Oh, wow. Diana, wow. Diana Krall, the Chieftains. Um, and then for the kids, we had the Hanson brothers. I don't know if you remember that. Holy cow. Yeah, they spent their Tulsa. money. <laughs> they're from Tulsa. They're from, my, my little sister knew those guys. Knows those yeah, guys. they're from Oklahoma. I don't, and they still play in Epcot on food and wine sometimes. Yeah. So it was this amazing. Oh, and Dan Aykroyd was on because he's oh, wow. friends with Art Gar Garfunkel. And then our guest wow. speaker was Robert Kennedy Jr. And Golly. Star studded. I mean, and I was so fortunate because we're on this like kind of the ship was not bells and whistles at all but we had this major talent deception island like in a caldera in antarctica yeah. we're getting on these little expedition boats and the penguins are just jumping and um you know it was just amazing it was even to this day those people even though i only spent a year with them there are some really true special memories and special friendships yeah. but i have to say it was not easy. It was not an easy gig because we didn't have the state-of-the-art technology. We didn't have the bells and whistles. The ship really was not in good shape. So as much as that sounds exciting, for the most part, my life was problem shooting, crisis management constantly. Oh, and wow. it really, um, after we did Antarctica and then we went, we went to Easter Island, 
We went to Jordan. Oh, yeah. I mean, I read Camels and Petra. Did you um, see the Isa Ireland, the, the Easter head, the heads? Yes, the Moai. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, we spent three days there, and we also got caught in a tropical storm that the ship was dropping us off. Probably about 400 of us that were staying on the island, and 200 stayed on the ship navigating the island, Easter Island. The winds changed. The storm came. I'm sitting on... Like I'm in this little bistro cafe with my husband thinking, oh, we're going to tender. We're getting back on the ship. Clouds. I mean, it was like a typhoon. So the next thing you know, we're in crisis control. This is a very small island. I'm on the pier with the shore excursion manager. We've got like hundreds of guests and they're older guests. These guests were probably yeah. 60 and up. These yeah. were like, it, if you can perfect. sail for four months, you're going to be an older person <laughs> yeah, retired. Be retired. Yeah. It was a bucket list cruise, like a, yeah. a lot of individual stories there, like people who were cruising for really special reasons. Anyway, we spent the whole night, like literally locals were coming up to us going, my house is open. I can take four. And the hotels, wow. we had people lying down on the lobby. We didn't have, they didn't have hotel rooms for us. So we spent the whole night just shipping people in the storm from the pier to hotels, to house, like locals, just opening their heart. I don't even know how my husband did this, but he somehow found a Jeep and he would just drive people to me. And I was standing at the front of the hotel, just taking them in, like dispatching. And I'd be like, where are you going? He's like, I, there's six more down the road. I'm going to get them. Wow. So we, were, we did that until like three in the morning. And I have to say, it's one of those moments that you, the people who really rise above, like, you know, right. you have good people on your yeah. team. Yeah. But when they're really tested, they rise above. And then the people you think are rocks crumble right before you. And I can tell you right now with no names, that hotel director was in the bar drinking the whole night. And I uh, was out in the street, like grabbing these people and putting blankets on them and bring them in. They didn't have their medications. They were scared. They were cold. My, my lips were blue. <laughs> but um, we got everyone in. We got everyone safe. It's like the entertainment staff in that in that ship that sank. You guys were saving the people, and the captain told everybody to abandon ship, and they were the first ones off. Yeah, it's, yeah. that's exactly what it was like. Scott. And then the next morning, we, it was a beautiful day. Like it would never happen. And but we had if we were we were trying to make Pitcairn Island, and I don't know if you guys know Pitcairn. Yeah. It's a very yeah. special place. So the captain and it's back home. We have radios. So the captain's saying to me, if you don't get everyone on the ship, we're not going to make Pitcairn. I'm like, Captain, I'm doing my best. I'm getting everyone. We're like, okay, people, go, go, go. And, you know, again, now getting them back to the pier, getting them on tenders, whereas before the tenders were just, we couldn't yeah. get them on. Luckily, it was calm. But then the sole survivors, there was a group of entertainers, like a magician. I didn't have a lot of entertainers, but I had a couple specialty acts flying in and out. So some high-end family took them in they're like literally having brunch on their patio <laughs> and I, I couldn't find them and I finally like literally I, I was so rude but I just flew into the house I'm like you guys John Dan we gotta go oh, yeah, like, get on here I'm like thank you very much for your hospitality <laughs> Ow. You know, so, and then um so we made we made it to Pickering and uh, but I'll never by, by the way Pickering Island uh mutiny on the bounty just, just so oh, everybody yeah. knows. When I was pulling up with that last tender, it was kind of emotional because we did have, like, to recap, it sounds a little fun, but it was a rough, rough experience. I when couldn't my, even imagine the sigh after that was all done. Yeah. Well, when my tender pulled up, 
all the guests were out on the balcony, like waiting because I was the last tender and and they gave us like a standing, you know, applause. I started wow. crying. Like, <laughs> I'm up all night. I'm tired. I'm emotional. And I always did the bridge announcement at noon with the captain. They were like, Kara, just go sleep. I'm like, no, I'm I got my new it's my noon announcement and I <laughs> Went up to made my noon announcement and uh, my my catchphrase for that cruise is like whatever you do I hope you're having a wonderful day and I'll see you all around the ship, um, so I ended with that and I think I slept pretty well that night. But what happened was up until that point we had had a lot of issues on board that brought us together as a community and we were probably like halfway in and then the guests came to me and they said. There's so many stories we want to share. Everyone has a different story. What happened to them on that pier? Who they were with? Did they wind up in someone's house? Did they wind up in a hotel? Did you help them? Did you know? Were they sleeping on a lobby chair? So we did a whole night, and everyone just had an open mic and shared their story. And it was really emotional. Oh, wow. The guests really came together at that point. That was a, a pivoting role, a, a pivoting point of the cruise. And then the cruise got better. And we went and did these amazing things. And it wasn't the way we originally planned it, but it was pretty amazing. But I do remember getting off that ship again in Greece and I had a little twitch in my eye. <laughs> 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 I walked up, and then my husband and I and a, a small group of us, we decided we're already in Greece. We're gonna go to Santorini and just chill out for a week. So that's what we did. But I literally remember getting off that gangway and I was like, my eye is twitching. <laughs> I'm affected from this. But um, it, oh, wow. it, it was an amazing experience. And, and that's just a little bit. I mean, we've had everything. We actually had a suicide on the ship as well. We had oh. some really, you know, as you guys know, being ship people, yeah. there's happy stories. There's sad stories. We have people who were sailing because they knew they were terminally ill. And this was their last bucket list so it it was really an impactful cruise but um i'm glad so glad i got to do it because my other two companies are so mainstream and mm -hmm. a lot of money behind them so this was really kind of rough and ready and the salt of the earth but the people on that cruise um were incredible it's like it's like a family like everybody just came together like a family so what was the number of guests do you think on the on that ship do you remember did you yeah. say 100 and something no, no, I was 120 days. It was about 600 guests. Oh, 600 guests. Oh, so it's okay. still, you know, I mean, it's a small ship, but it's bigger than, I mean, about Sun Viking size or maybe a little bit smaller than that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. What were the, uh, on an older ship like that, what were the crew quarters like? Were they a lot tinier than majesty -ish? Yeah, well, You know, it's funny because um, some of them were bigger. So yeah. some of us had guest cabins because the ship was not full, but the crew quarters were, you know, as in every cruise ship, there are some really small and then some more leadership that were a little bit bigger, but there were so many things wrong with the cabins. Like literally one day, one morning I got up and I, my cabin was always leaking and I was the cruise director, but I didn't want to complain. There were so many things, the guests were having issues that I was like, I'm not going to complain. I can rough this out. But I got out of bed one morning and I literally put my foot down and I was ankle deep in water. Oh no! And I was like, okay, I kind of have to complain about this now. I kind of had to go see that hotel director who did not like me. Um, so, uh, but wow. uh, it was funny. Eventually they changed my cabin, but uh, many nights, leaks, floods, we, we, we wow. dealt with them all. We, we really that's, did. That's a problem with the older 
ships. I mean, yeah. they're great to sail on. They have a lot of ambiance and everything, but it's just constant problems, just constant breakdowns and that kind of stuff. That's what you have to deal with on those yeah. old but see, like on the my the best cabin I had at sea was on the Sun Viking. It was on the oldest ship. It was uh, for a crew purser. We were up on the bridge deck, and I had like yeah, and you had the 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 windows that actually windows opened. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. It was the biggest and the best cabin. I didn't like that I was on the bridge deck right across from the radio room because everybody knew, like senior officers knew what was going on if you were up in, you know, in that section. So I didn't, I didn't like the location, but the cabin was great. But the Sun Viking was only from the 70s. Yes, I yes. think we're talking about 40s and 40s and 50s well, yeah, ships, that's a different, right, yeah. Kara? Yeah. Yeah, this was a yeah. ship. Yeah, was, and it's it a whole different world. It's a whole different world on those. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was pretty incredible. But um, man, the radio officer that re I remember those days of a radio officer going up there and spending tons of money to call home. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was expensive. So, Very expensive. Well, to end my little story about the OE1 or the Ocean Explorer, the company was called World Cruise Company. Uh, but I was still gung-ho. The leadership team met us in Piraeus after the ship, you know, we de debarked all the guests. And I was ready. The, the, the main, th the, the exciting thing about it was they were letting me design the next cruise. So they're like, here's the itinerary. So it was really, you got to be so creative and say, and, and make all, all the programming instead of having a production company hand it to you. Like I really got to do some really cool creative stuff. So we were designing the next cruise, but they expanded too quickly and they went bankrupt. Mm. My husband is Canadian. We were in Toronto. We were actually going downtown to the office designing the cruises during the summer. Um, so we both lost our job in one phone call, which is always tough. Uh. And now, I, I mean, here we are again with COVID. Right. But, um, so I just flooded the industry with our resume. And at that point, we were still newly married. And Royal Caribbean was always good to us, but they were like, we can't guarantee you're going to be on the same ship. And I, like, that, was, that was important to me. So Disney had interviewed me before, but they had said, we're not using musicians. So just ironically enough, sent my resume back to the man who originally interviewed me and he said, hey, guess what? Great news. We now are taking musicians on and we only have two ships leaving from Port Canaveral. My chances are pretty good to be with my husband. Right. <laughs> so I'll take those odds. That's what led us to Disney. And at the time we were, um, you know, we were ready to start a family. Um, so I was really excited about the family product. It was something that I hadn't really experienced before. I was a Disney fan, but I really didn't grow up going to the parks as I lived in Pennsylvania and my family didn't have money to I'm one of seven, so we, they weren't going to fly us all oh, to no. Florida. That, Florida was so exotic to me. Like I <laughs> remember watching Walt Disney on The Wonderful World of Disney, and mm -hmm. he was making his plans about Florida, and I was like, that's so exotic. Florida. <laughs> you know, that, but, that's really weird to hear for, for somebody who grew up in Florida. That's just, it's really bizarre. <laughs> well, I think when we were, when we were young, like, like you're, you're going to care, like when we were watching TV really young, I, I think a lot of people thought Florida was Disneyland. Like that was, that's all we heard and knew was Disney world and Disneyland. We didn't know that Florida was outside of Disney. It's so true. And I had a lot to learn about Disney. I knew like the overscope, but I didn't know the true 
product and the culture. And mm -hmm. as a female leader, like it, it just really was a different way that like, I have to say, OE1 and even Royal Caribbean back in the day when I first joined, there were very few females on board. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were dancers, crew staff and pursers maybe, no, yeah. no one else in any other department and let alone being a female leader. So it took me a while to get to cruise director um, in that position. So, and then OE1, amazing experience, but that was led by a Greek team and that was tough. Now, but, was that OE1, was that after Royal Caribbean? Yes. Yeah. So what, that what was, year was oh, that? Wow. More or that less. was that was two thousand. That was the okay. Two thousand. So okay. when, and, and I'll tell you, the Greeks and the captain. I mean, talk about like honestly, right now, that would be like the perfect textbook of what not to do. Like <laughs> everything from sexual harassment to poor leadership to just like dysfunctional. It was a, but it was a great lesson. And then I went to Disney, which was so like that's a one eighty. Do the right thing. Yeah. You know, we believe in diversity, we believe in honesty and openness and collaboration. So it was really a great culture change for me. What I'm most proud of um, was being on the ship. We did start our family and I was the first female cruise director to have a baby on board. Uh, what? Wait, wait. You <laughs> on, had a baby on board? On ship. So I did not birth the baby on board, okay. uh, but... So I'll tell you okay. a, a fun oh, little I, I thought I thought that oh, was that did now earlier. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. So um, we, you know, we had one reason we didn't start our family right away is because we were always traveling. And then when we did the world cruise, we had to go to Africa, I had to take malaria pills, not to get too personal that you, you can't get pregnant at that time. And then we came to Disney and they're like, okay, um, you got to get established. And my um, certain insurance didn't kick it until you're with the company, but I'm now 36 and I really want to have a baby, but I don't want to give up my career. So um, talk to some of my leaders and, they um, said, you know what, we're going to support you. We have male officers on board that their wives travel with them. As we all know, we call them WAB, wives on board. And, um, but they said, I said, I'm going to come up with a plan. I don't want to give up being cruise director for Disney, but I don't want to give up having a chance to have a family. All right. Unfortunately, we're going to have to stop it here for part one of Kara's story. Believe me, you're going to want to be back for Kara's part two of her story Thursday, when she tells us about becoming the first female cruise director to have a baby on board. So come back Thursday, and we'll resume part two of this story.